Welcome, everybody, to Binge Watching, brought to you by Geek Network, officially the greatest podcast that's ever existed. Uh, it's, you know, science. I can't argue science. What do you, uh, don't believe the pandemic's real and don't wear masks, whatever. Best podcast ever. So we are <laughs> going to get into what we watch this week. And with all me always here, or hopefully always, uh, we have... The gentleman by my side now, I know that I don't always make this so, but they always do. So let's go and make some introductions. My name is T-Dog. I am the host this evening. And to my left, we have Keith. Yo, um, we're getting late in the year. We're starting to get a lot of Christmas stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm feeling it. So uh, we might be reviewing some Christmas stuff later this year. We'll see. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to my left, we have Josue. Man, I forgot one honorable mention uh, for my list mm-hmm. of our Remy's, but we'll get into that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I can't believe I forgot okay. about this one particular thing show. But yeah, I'm excited yeah. to share. I'm excited. I'm super excited. All right. So let's get into the news of the week. Now, I don't have a lot. So Keith, I'm pretty sure you're going to have to pick up the slack on this one here. Uh, but in the biggest news I found, um, Sir Alfred Molina. I'm pretty sure he's been knighted. Uh, we'll be <laughs> reprising his role as Doc Ock in the next upcoming Spider-Man movie. Uh, so that includes, you know, him being Doc Ock. Uh, we have Jamie Foxx being Electro. And wasn't there one other person that, oh, and uh, J. Jonah Jameson from the original trilogy as well. Um, yeah. All in the next Spider-Man movie. So, and Dominic Cumberbatch as uh, Doctor Strange or Strong J if you're nasty. Um yeah, man, uh, I'm I'm convinced it's going to be a uh, Spider Verse movie. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, I mean, this this was like the next thing to kind of actually make me excited. Like the Jimmy Fox thing was like, all right, cool. I mean, like obviously the question number two was was Andrew Garfield right. going to be in it, obviously, right? And, but again, like that's such a fucking stretch. But mm-hmm. then Alfred Molina, like, god damn it! But it's like the crazy thing is like. Okay, let's talk, let's talk about the ending of that one. It's like he, he dies in the movie, so right. I guess I, unless he gets like swiped, I mean, I guess Endgame proved that you can just like can blip something unless he, and then, then put him back. But yeah, again, question number two is Toby going to be in it? You know, uh, yeah. And if, again, if, it's, if that's just, if that's too much of a stretch, I guess the next easiest thing to do would be a multiverse Sinister Six. It would be the easiest thing to do to instead of like building up each each uh, villain for their own movie. So yeah. Man, this was a thing to get me excited because Alfred Molina and like sorry, I'm gonna nerd out a little bit, and it's like so obviously he's just much older from 2004, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, but what we can do is crazy fucking psychotic. I'm gonna kill the sun to kill the planet in a cocoon, Doc Ock, and that would mm-hmm. be very fucking interesting. Yeah, because again, like Doc Ock was just a regular man that just got mm-hmm. beat to shit by a man with the strength of a proportionate spider. Uh, mm-hmm. And that would do some serious damage to, again, a regular man that just had intellect and giant metal arms. Uh, this could be very, very fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. And plus like Spider-Man two is my, one of my favorite like Spider-Man movies until the new ones came out. Um, yeah. I, I thought he was one of the best, like, you know, superhero villains of all time personally. Yeah. So- I, I really tried to squeeze in Spider-Man two before we recorded, but I, I was watching other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. What about you, Keith, man? What do you think? Um, I think we need to temper our expectations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's my thing. I think Toby Maguire would come back. I don't think Andrew Garfield would come back. Mm-hmm. I don't think he looks back on his time as Spider-Man very fondly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I think would happen, we might get a very brief moment 
of multiversity Spider-Man kind of shit going on. But I don't mm-hmm. think that's mm-hmm. the plot of the movie. Right, right. Um, I think we might see like a stunt double swing in on the original costume and we can hear Tobey Maguire be like, wow, other Spider-Man or something like that. <laughs> and then we can hear Andrew Garfield do the same thing, you know, with a dude in his suit. I don't think we're getting the three of them hanging out in the entire movie. Oh no! Again, yeah. like I think I think Alfred Molina. I, I think there might be a fight scene where where each of them it has to team up to fight one of their villains. That's why we got one for each, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the extent of it. Um, I think it. I think. Hmm, how do I put this? Alfred Molina is old. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. saying but you can still play. You can still play an old Doc Ock. Like that's yeah. that's happened. He's done actually crazier shit in that in that way. With like again, that's why the whole reason he had to reset into mm-hmm. Peter Parker's body. Mm-hmm. So again, he's no, no, shit, I, I, but, I get you. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that he, I don't see them committing to bringing that character back for more than a movie. That's what oh I'm yeah, saying. yeah. No, so, I totally uh, agree. Yeah, I think it's a closed ecosystem. It's basically what I would say. I think this is going to be a way to possibly introduce us to Miles mm-hmm. or Gwen as heroes. Mm-hmm. Or hopefully both. Uh, I think that'd be too much, personally. I think it'd be... I mean, that's no. the running joke on too many spider people. Yeah. yeah. And, well, look at Spider-Man 3. Mm-hmm. It had one Spider-Man and three villains. And people said it was too full. Yeah, but that was also Spider-Man 3. I mean, there was some... I love really Spider-Man big 3. problems there. <laughs> Spider-Man three is hilarious. Oh, no, no question. It's funny as shit. There's oh. a moment. There's a moment. Uh, was it in three? No, it was in two at the end of two. It's the funniest moment in movie history. I swear to God, Mary Jane runs away and she goes to see Peter at the very end. You know, she wants to confess mm-hmm. her love. She goes up to his yeah. apartment and opens the door and he's sitting cross-legged staring at the wall and it's not addressed <laughs> what he's doing. <laughs> And she's and he's just staring with this with a the Tobey Maguire smile on his face. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. And she's like, Peter, and he and then he's like, oh, you came and all this stuff. But I'm like, what was he doing? Why was he doing that? What? <laughs> like, it's just great. But no, I think I think honestly, um, I think we're going to get a really cool, like I said, maybe twenty minute, thirty minute sequence of multiversity. Probably at the beginning, no less, because this is going to take place after WandaVision and uh, Doctor Strange. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think WandaVision is going to lead into Doctor Strange. The multiverse crazy stuff is going to happen in Doctor Strange, and it'll wrap up at the beginning of Spider-Man. That's my prediction. So, And Hmm. it might lead to some characters being brought over. I wouldn't be opposed to them bringing Electro over? I mean, Jamie Foxx, I thought, did an okay job. That book movie was just bad. It's just mm-hmm. the problem with it, you know. So, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I do want a Sinister Six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, That'd be the best fucking thing. It'd be the easiest thing to do with it if we're reaching out in different places. Yeah, but I think... Because we already have, what, three, four from, like, the first two Spider-Man movies? Like, and then just fuck it, finishing off with the with those other two alternate reality ones. Well, I think mm-hmm. it would be best if they were all Tom Holland he- villains, is the reason. Because the whole point of the Sinister Six is they're all teaming up against that Spider-Man. And they all have personal reasons to not like that Spider-Man. So if Electro just shows up and he's part of the Sinister Six, I think that'll feel kind of false. I don't know. It's just, 
doesn't seem like he'll have. And then the only way that would be around that is if they were fighting multiple Spider-Men, right? But I don't want mm-hmm. three Spider-Men fighting the Sinister Six. I want one Spider-Man overcoming the Sinister Six. Oh, yeah, no, I want to see that. That's the story. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, like, I need so, to see the one against the six. Yeah, so what, why would Alfred Molina's guy go after Spider-Man besides, you know, he's also Spider-Man? Same thing with Jimmy Fox. You know, I got issues with that. So, But no, I'd love to see it with... I don't think Vulture is going to be a bad guy in the end. I think he's, he's going to be a good guy uh, with the way his story ended. But yeah, Scorpion from the first one. We got Shocker, which, I mean... He's shocker, but you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we got a couple of villains. Mysterio, if he survived, we got a couple. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm optimistic about. it. I'm very excited for the movie. I've really enjoyed them. So, yeah. Word, word, and then in uh, the other piece of news I have here, kind of small news, but uh, we have set photos now from the Hawkeye show. Yes, um, looks dope. You know, the few things I've seen, I'm like, all right, I can get behind this. Super excited! I, I love the actress that they that they cast here in this one. But uh, what do you guys Haley. think, man? You guys excited for for Hawkeye or? I'm in love with Haley Steinfeld, so yes. Um, <laughs> it's based on one of the best runs of comic books ever, basically, mm-hmm. um, and it looks very true to the story. It looks like visually true to the story. There's even Pizza Dog in it, <laughs> and pizzas. Mm-hmm. Pizza Dog is great. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the Marvel show I'm most excited for. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't wait. I, I, yeah, I, I, really? Nice. Yeah, more so. The only one that would come closer to be uh, Captain or Falcon Winter Soldier. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I'm just such a Captain America nerd. But Hawkeye, man, it's the Fraction Run. It's Jeremy Renner's hilarious. And you got Haley Steinfeld involved now. And yeah, just uh, I think it's going to be great. And her outfit looks great. And I'm just so happy they were able to work out her to be there because yeah, yeah. she um, she has that deal with, uh, what is it, Apple? The one that has yeah, um, they have mm-hmm. Dickinson. Yeah, yeah, she's doing the, the Dickinson show there. So yeah, I've been watching it, but uh, the, have you guys seen the preview for it? I've heard really good things about it. I've, I've seen the trailer a couple times now. Yeah. Like the preview looked pretty cool where it's just like Emily Dickinson and she's like reciting lines from her from her work. But then like the music is like trap music. And then yeah. it's them like twerking to trap music in Victorian gowns. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, it looks pretty <laughs> um, dope. Also, I mean, uh, I had faith that she'd be involved because she did Gwen's voice in Spider Verse. So mm-hmm. technically, she joins the list of two people playing Marvel characters. Also nice. with, uh, let's see, Chris Evans and Re- mm-hmm. Re- Rebecca Romaine Stamos, mm-hmm. and. Uh, What's the one dude that played Angel? Ben Foster. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's that's all I got. What else you got, Keith? Man. Uh, Josue, did you want to say anything about Hawkeye? Because I kind of rambled. Oh no! I mean, like, I'm I'm just excited, but it's just like as far as like the shows, <laughs> I'm actually more stoked for like the mystical ones. Just, just I just want to see how much money they put into the into those, uh, yeah. like Wandavision and and the fucking Loki show. I just want to see what he does. I think they're going to put a lot of money into it, honestly, just because I mean. Right now, they need Disney Plus to succeed. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. with, with everything else kind of falling by the wayside with pandemic, you know, they're not making money on their, you know, their uh, their attractions like, you know, Disney World, Disneyland or whatever like that. So mm-hmm. Disney Plus is going to be their their money horse. So they need to make sure that everybody has that and everybody's watching what they're doing, man. So I, yeah. I think they're going to sink some money into it. Yeah, yeah no, but I'm, I'm stoked to see how this one like works out. I'm sure it's going it's to be mm-hmm. fantastic, but it's just like. It's almost like I've had my fill of like the grounded grounded superheroes from like the the Netflix run, uh-huh. uh, 
but it's just like God, just, just give me any of the fucking marvel shows already i'm just so fucking tired of waiting for them <laughs> i they know also, dude, stupid covid they also confirmed that yelena belova is gonna be is gonna appear in the hawkeye show too oh yeah don't mm-hmm. right yeah. so she's Florence amazing will come over yeah mm-hmm. i'm excited about that so uh i have a couple bits of news some of these i thought was mm-hmm. great and i can't wait to tell you guys about um sci-fi is going to be putting out a movie this december uh, on the 19th mm-hmm. actually called letters mm-hmm. to satan claus Oh, and I'm going to read the description to you. That sounds dope. All right. The the film revolves around Holly, who, after returning to her hometown of Ornaments as a big city news reporter, so it's like all the, you know, normal Christmas movies. Yeah. Faces Mm -hmm. off with a demon of her past, following a simple typo made in her letter to Santa as a child. It's a harmless (laughs) mistake that summons Satan to kill her parents. I'm going to watch this. (laughs) I'm all about that, dude. Fuck yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, so it looks low budget too, which makes me even happier. So, um, next thing is um, we got a little bit of an update on a possible Bloodshot sequel. Um, oh, nice. nice, really? They're teasing that um, that it might be made, and the filmmaker has basically came up just short of saying it's in development. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> and. Then Vin Diesel today posted a picture of himself as Bloodshot walking away from a burning building with the phrase, with the, the words, so much great news to share. Have a great week. Hashtag Bloodshot. Shit. Yes. Have either of you seen it yet? Not yet. I, really I bought to. it and uh-huh. uh, I just haven't watched it yet. It's in my queue. I, I own, I physically own it or digitally own it and I just haven't watched it yet. Okay. You're fine. You're you're good. You've done your yeah. part. Jeez, right, fucking right. Watch it. I know, and I was the one that was pushing it too. <laughs> I feel bad. I'll watch it though. I, I really want to. So, um, in in the description of your of the photograph, it sounds like that's just regular Vin Diesel. <laughs> like I, I just picture him just walking away from explosions, just like it in his regular life. Not, anyway, it's he's in normal clothes. I just know it's from the okay. Movie. After <laughs> just dropping mega fire in the in the nice. booth and just dropping all the great the next best single, <laughs> right, right, and just walking movie. away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the next thing I want to mention is uh, December tenth, so two days from now. Ooh, baby, uh, best day ever. What are you waiting for? Uh, Summer Camp Island, baby. Oh. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah, D- Disney is going to have their Investor Day 2020, oh, and okay. when they do that, they announce their entire upcoming slate and reveal new pro- projects for Marvel, Lucasfilm, and Pixar. Oh shit! Okay, it's going to be a four-hour event. Oh fuck! So we're going to get mm. updates on all the Marvel shows, including the animated mm-hmm. show What If. Nice, finally! Ah, thank God. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to get a bunch of stuff. We have no idea what we'll mm-hmm. probably get an announcement about black widow. I'm, just, I'm just sure TV release dates, like solid release dates where I can actually go and not endanger myself, but be able to watch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, another thing I want to mention that I think is great. Um, uh, this is the best thing I've ever heard. I know some people are going to groan when they hear this. Uh, Matthew Vaughn is confirmed he has planned some quote something like seven more Kingsman films. <laughs> um, That's crazy cool. I, yeah. I would watch a new Kingsman film every month for the rest of my life. Mm. I'm not even kidding. I love those movies. They're ridiculous. So um and then also we have uh a show being made for CBS called Clarice, which is a sequel to Silence of the Lambs. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. 
like, like a sequel. Like, yeah, exactly. I was going to say, wasn't Red Dragon the sequel? You'd think. Hmm. Yeah. So um, it says uh, it's between Sans Lambs and Hannibal. Because okay. there's a 10 year span where Clarice is basically like where her FBI career actually takes off. So, hmm. okay. Yeah. Is I think it's going to be. Uh, no, no. Ah. It's going to be a younger actress. I'm not sure who. But it's. um. It, I think it's going to be like a police procedural just with like a sprinkling of Hannibal Lecter on top. Mm-hmm. So, personally. Uh, and then I also want to mention that uh, The Legend of Korra is getting a limited edition steelbook collection um, oh, through God, Amazon. Yes. <laughs> that I know is what he really wants to get. It's got a lot of really cool art on it. It uh, looks mm-hmm. pretty dope. It does apparently matches one that already exists for Avatar. So I know you oh, guys are going to talk cool. about that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm definitely excited. When does it come out again? Or when is the pre-orders for? It comes out in March, is what I know. Okay. Yeah. Another another thing I want to talk about is a mini-movie that is being made for Lifetime. And I'm so excited for this. Uh, It is called A Recipe for Seduction. Is this the the sexy Colonel Sanders movie? It is. So (laughs) Mario Lopez plays a young Colonel Sanders. In a romantic mm. drama movie, and it's fantastic. The trailer is so funny. It's only fifteen <laughs> minutes long. It's a mini movie, but oh <laughs> he's like, "I'm the new chef," and he's just like, uh, "He says like I have a secret recipe," and then everybody's like, "He has a secret recipe. This recipe," and they're like, "It can't possibly be good." You know, it's just hilarious. And the girls like in love with him, and making <laughs> out with him, and it's fantastic. Um, when the movie's released this weekend, KFC is running a promotion with Uber Eats. Uh, so if you order $20 or more food on Sunday, you will get free delivery and six free extra crispy chicken tenders. And I'm not ashamed to take okay. advantage of that. <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with some cheeky tens. Yeah. Um, and then also, uh, I, I just want to point out that... Um, Production for the Sandman began in October, and we still don't know a single actor on the cast. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And That's pretty impressive. Yeah, and Neil Gaiman has been talking online about how proud he is of everything and God, how, how great it's going. And I'm like, Jesus, I want to know. And it's so Neil Gaiman to do that. But yeah, 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 yeah. If it's anywhere as near as good as the audiobook was, I'll be blown away. Yep. And then my last thing I want to bring up, we talk, I think we briefly talked about it last week, that uh, HBO Max is getting basically all of Warner Brothers movies for the year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think we talked about it. So I actually yeah, got an for update on this. Um, mm-hmm. this, is, this is an opinion piece I read. So this is not fact. But um, it came from a Hollywood insider who had pretty good information that um, – they might be doing this just because HBO Max is not available on Roku yet, because mm-hmm. Roku doesn't see the value of HBO Max. Oh mm-hmm. my God! Yes, I've been meaning to bring this up. I went to uh, uh, when I finally saw my friend Iraq after so long. I tried recommending him some. I mean, on my on Infinity Train to Summer Camp Island, and because he said he does watch HBO, but yeah, it's because he it's off of that, and he has he couldn't be he wasn't able to watch it. Yeah, so the yeah. rumor is that Roku doesn't seem the value of it, so Warner Brothers has to get their membership up to a certain point because they're actually have pretty low membership comparatively. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's only like well, only up. like nine million, but yeah. 
that also explains why it probably explains the Snyder cut, to be honest. Um, I would, I would doubt it. Yeah. So that's why they're, they're willing to lose money to get onto Roku sticks basically. Mm-hmm. But to me, the problem is if you're not on Roku sticks, then people, the people who might want it and don't have it, have Roku and you're not going to get that by doing this. You know what I mean? Like it's, you have to get them <laughs> first. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I don't know. But yeah, that, that's just a kind of an interesting wrinkle in that because I've been hearing a lot of stuff and it seemed very strange to me that they would lose that much money intentionally. And mm-hmm. it seems to be just because even though they won't earn as much money on the memberships as they would movie tickets, in the long run, it would help HBO Max be more healthy. Yeah. I've also heard that there's a lot of lawsuits pending that may block that from happening. Yep. Um, like, for instance, Gal Gadot, um, I guess, is standing to lose $10 million if this happens. Um, cause I guess there was something in her contract where, um, she gets this money after it makes X amount of money at the box office. Since that may not happen, um, I guess there's other, you know, actors and actresses that have these kind of clauses in their contracts. So it's thinking that Warner Brothers may have to buy these contracts out in order for them to release the movies this way. And who knows how much more that'll cost them on top of the money they're losing by, by, you know, doing this kind of move. But, you know, with, with the, you know, the uh, situation that we have here with uh, the movie industry, um, who knows if this might be the future of distribution, depending on how well they do or, you know, what uh, the public response is. That is a really great question. And I've, I've actually mm-hmm. been doing a lot of research on that this week. And that's definitely mm-hmm. a longer conversation we can have, but I will give a short answer mm-hmm. of no, it's not. Um, yeah. Because if you're making movies for home, you're mm-hmm. not going to put the budget into it you would for theatrical releases mm-hmm. because you don't want to make as much of an investment. And if you do, then some movies, your blockbusters, won't be as good, if you will, because they won't mm-hmm. put the money into it. So mm-hmm. especially like you know your Marvel movies, your Star Wars, things like that, they kind of need to go to theaters to even make money back. Mm-hmm. So... Like it would be great for a lot of boutique movies, a lot of like indie movies, a lot of cheap horror movies, you know. But yeah, yeah, but, and I can yeah. see that. Like I, I'd love to go to the movie theaters. I'm the person that loves. I'll go by myself to watch a movie because I love it that much. Dude, um, yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah, but I, I will go to watch a Marvel movie or a Star Wars or something that, like I said, deserves to be on the big screen where I want to see a thirty foot Godzilla, you know, punching a monkey in the dick. Like that's what I'll pay cash for, you know. <laughs> But if it's not possible, then yeah, let me watch it at home and I'll pay the extra 30 bucks, you know, to watch it at home, you know, that way, if that's the only safe way to do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just don't think it's going to change. I mean, it might change a bit. We might get a lot more indie films coming straight to streaming, but I I don't think it's Mm going to kill the theaters like everybody's saying. I don't think so. I I think this year will definitely be rough financially for theaters uh, just because, you know, they, they have no way of making money right now. But I mean, obviously, once everything goes back to normal, I don't think theaters will go away. You know, we might not see them for a while, but I'm sure they'll reopen once it's safe. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, yeah, that's everything I got for news. All right, great. So let's go ahead and jump into what we watch this, gentlemen, uh, or watch this week, I should say. Uh, Which one of you guys want to go first? I can go first. Cool. Let's start with The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. I'll let you guys go. Um, no, I don't I'll think it had enough off. fan service. Uh, I'll, 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 okay, <laughs> it had a bunch of fan service, but it wasn't in a way that bothered oh, me. Oh yeah, it mm-hmm. wasn't. There was like two things that bothered me. There was like one, two little like lines 
that were these really weird references to other things that I was kind of like, okay. But mm-hmm. uh, my issue with this is kind of like the more overarching thing because the whole thing is like, all right, we got to get Grogu here because Ahsoka's like, I can't train him. You take yeah. him, deadly mercenary. Mm-hmm. And, like, I can't even join you on this trip to make sure he makes it there safely. That would be irresponsible <laughs> of me. Right. So, then she, so then they go, and then he fucking loses him. <laughs> like, I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, ah, like, dumb. And then, okay, remind me, because I, I haven't had a chance to go back and check. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened between him and Ming-Na Wen last season? Because I thought they, like, betrayed each other and didn't like each so- other. What happened was he had teamed up with another rookie bounty hunter to go hunt her down. Um, So they end up capturing her, uh, but she, you know, destroyed one of their bikes. So so the Mandalorian had to run off to go get basically a wild mount. So that way they can all three ride off to wherever to get the bounty on her. While he was separated from the rookie, the Ming-Na was like, hey, you know, this guy, you know, is worth way more than I am blah 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 you know why don't we double cross him and then we you can have the bounty and just let me go so the rookie bounty hunter shoots her in the stomach and is like oh well you know he you know he'll take me out if i double cross him but i can just kill you and you know basically you know take the bounty on you or whatever so that's what happened right. like she was left for dead um and then the the rookie tried to double cross mandalo to get uh the child to uh oh, okay. you know basically get the, the bounty on him so so she was left for dead remember, but then at the I, very I end of the, the end. Yeah, yeah. I thought they had some kind of confrontation because I thought it was weird that she's like, "Sup, Mando?" I was like, <laughs> "Okay." Like people are just people are just coming out the woodwork. Like it's starting. It, it's having like like fan service for itself at this point, which is ridiculous. Yeah, no. He mm-hmm. he, he, he discovers her and be like, "Oh, there's nothing I can do about that," and then just leaves too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, um, I mean, Boba showing up was cool. The fight, dude. Was cool. Fupa Fett was the shit. Um, <laughs> It was it was directed by Robert Rodriguez, very clearly directed by Robert Rodriguez. Uh, oh yeah, it was one hundred percent Rodriguez style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we could, I guess they could only afford him for thirty minutes, but fuck it, I'll take it. <laughs> um, and I like that they're actually sticking around. That's cool. <laughs> oh yes, finally, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's like the favorite thing that's been said about this show has been um, uh, the Mandalorian is about a show. The, the, the Mandalorian is about a dude who can't help himself but to keep making best friends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I um, I still maintain my main issue with the show is they just keep fighting stormtroopers, and stormtroopers aren't a threat. Like mm-hmm. I, the the action scenes, whereas they're cool, I feel yeah. no yeah. danger. So mm-hmm. as soon as the action scene starts, I'm like, oh, we're gonna show off for 20 minutes. Like I that's mean, what I'm it feels down like. To see some Nazis getting fucking beat down. So fuck it. Well, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. But I mean, I'm just kind of like, I narratively, I don't care what's happening. I'm just like, cool. Like, it's like a fireworks show. I'm like, all right, you know, like I know yeah. how it ends. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then the the super robot troopers drop down and just fucking snatch Baby Yoda and fly away, fly him through the atmosphere, fly this tiny baby wrapped in a single mm-hmm. blanket through the atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, and then Liz really enjoyed the ending because. Obviously, Grogu goes almost dark side and starts fucking whipping asses and Liz down. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that was pretty dope. And then he got sleepy, which Liz kept being like, "He gets sleepy." (laughs) Like, and then (laughs) I I made a Molly Hayes reference to Runaways. It's like, get him some sugar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh fuck yeah! (laughs) Um, but it was much better than last week's. 
in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, the worst part was seeing Cara Dune again. Uh, I wish they, yeah. I wish they would just mm-hmm. stop. <laughs> narc, a Marshall. Oh my god. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I could do without seeing her anymore. But yeah. Um, and again, it's it all comes back to why do we got to break this dude out of jail? Why is it got to be this guy? You know what I mean? Like that's the one part I, I agree with, man. Because I'm like, is he the only person who could track down a ship? The one guy that's definitely going to betray him. Yeah, like there's one yeah. thing he knows about this guy. It's good. he's going to betray him no matter what. And it's just like, and well, we'll get gotta either. get him. <laughs> like, <laughs> and what we'll get is like Bubba Fett just tracked you across the galaxy to the place where he had no idea you were going to go. He can't find oh, yeah. that one Imperial cruiser. Like he didn't have the skill set to do that, but he could find your Razor Crest. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then also, um, like, I mean, I don't mean to to harp on the the ending with the dude. We got to go rescue this dude from prison thing, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm just saying they did that in in this in episode eight, and everybody shit all over it. So <laughs> when they had to go to the casino planet, and it's like this specific guy, and yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. I was if anything, like, that's right. my that's my gripe with the episode. I'm like, why that? You know, you had no reason to do that. You have three very capable murderers that could find that ship on their own, like. You know, there's no reason to have to break out that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So that feels really forced. And yeah, but it's fine. It was a fine episode. The action was cool. See mm-hmm. Boba Fett in action and actually doing something's cool because we don't yes. have that. <laughs> um, right. I, love I mean, finally win. got a chance to see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. You're saying about Ming Nawin? I just love Ming Nawin. Like, I absolutely oh, love yeah. her. So it's great seeing her. So. Uh, but yeah, what'd you guys think? Because I just ranted a bunch. Um, why well, you guys know my take on the name Grogu, and it's like, well, accept the name. But immediately, the the first thing about the episode bothered me was just like was uh, Din checking, like testing the name. I was like Grogu, and he's like, he looks like ooh, like, the giggle is like, no, don't name him, <laughs> don't get a dad. I know he's definitely gonna fucking die. Uh, that was the that was my one thing. I'm like, we all need to accept Grogu, except for him. Like him naming him is now accepting it, and damn it, that just means terrible things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but fucking hey, no, dude, Poopa Fett like cracking skulls was like the shit. Like like the actual, I fucking love like the bit I saw like, online with the uh, with the original. Uh, uh, Mama said knock you out. Which is like the mm-hmm. don't call it a comeback, yeah. and just like it's cracking all the fucking skulls. It was so good. I, uh, hate, I hate that you have to define the original now. <laughs> I know. Fuck you, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, uh, no, he he was awesome. Uh, fuck it. Like <laughs> again, sometimes it's like they just have to throw the lines. Like um, I didn't care for the I'm just a simple man line. That it was uh, like my father before me line that bothered me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like that's not your line. You don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to put back to back quotes like that just because they kind of fit. You could have just stuck with the first one. Also when he shot down the ships with his rocket. Oh, he did aim for the one he did say it just happened to play out better. But that's the thing. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that there's why would he want no, I, it's it's just dumb. It's like it's like that moment, and I'm gonna talk about this in a moment. Uh, in Batman versus Superman, where Wonder Woman shows up, uh-huh. and uh, oh yeah, Superman goes, she with you, and Batman's like, I thought she was with you, and then everybody's like, No, you know her. 
what are you talking about, Batman? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, it's just like, they're like, wouldn't this be a funny line? They're like, but it doesn't really make sense. It's like, it doesn't matter if it makes sense. It's funny. Like, so that's kind of yeah. what I was like. Why, why would we do this to him? Like, uh, whatever. So but what about you, T-Dog? I didn't really give you a chance to go off much. I just like the fact that we finally got a chance to see why everybody was all, oh, Boba Fett's a badass. Because let's be honest, in the original Tridge, he got his ass handed to him constantly. And we're just like, the only thing he was good at was hiding in trash. And that's the only (laughs) plus that Boba Fett had. Uh, But finally, we got to see why he's a badass. And yeah, he looked dope as fuck, bashing some Nazis, which, you know, in this case, like like you said, we all agree that, you know, uh, that the Stormtroopers are just fodder. We can watch a thousand of them, you know, get their asses handed to them, and and we expect it. Um, I was kind of hoping that when those four destroyer dark uh, droids or whatever came down, that all right, maybe we get some, you know, some actual fighting done. But you know, I'm down to watch Boba Fett whoop some ass for like five minutes, and you know, definitely something I enjoyed. Um, got to see Baby Yodes uh, whoop some stormtroopers. So again, you know, love to see a Nazi get their ass handed to them. Um, but yeah, I, I agree, man. Like I, I, I was with it up until the last like five minutes when they're like, we got to break this guy out of prison because he's yeah. the only person that could find a ship. I'm like, bullshit. Um, <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm like, you just had like two people find a ship at the beginning of this episode. So yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I wasn't too silent. I'm kind of curious as far as, you know, how they're going to explain what happened with the baby odes, like who he ended up like reaching out to or who answered the call? I'm sure who I was kind of call, thinking right? that. Yeah. yeah, I was kind of thinking that we wouldn't get to that uh, planet until the end of the season, but I'm thinking we may get the answer to all that by the end of the season, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, Baby Yoda's definitely dead. He's dying. Uh, no question about it. <laughs> and also, um, I was thinking about it, and I don't think the show is a Western. I think it's a JRPG. <laughs> and the reason I think it is, is if you think about it, every single episode, it's like, oh, I had this task. And it's like, oh, I'll do that for you. We have to do this for me first. It's pretty much every mission, every side mission of a JRPG with the, you yeah. know, the overarching, uh, you know, theme in the background that you'll eventually get to after you finish all these side missions. Yeah. And also <laughs> another Western planet, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Desert planet. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm convinced like, that's because of Robert Rodriguez. He's like, look, I'm not going to go very far from my house. So we can film it over here yeah, in Texas. Yeah, he's not going to, he's not going to make a episode in Coruscant. Like no way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's yeah just, no. I'm really sick of the, the palette. You know what I mean? Like, come on guys. Um, I hear you. The, the next thing I watched is a YouTube video by my boy, Cosmonaut Marcus. Josue, did you watch his review of Batman versus Superman? No, but just like lay it on me, dude. Uh, he hates it. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> uh, it's great Surprising. because he he's like he's do, he does a series called the worst superhero movie ever made, <laughs> and he reviews all the really bad superhero movies. And so far, he's done Catwoman and Daredevil, and I think Catwoman was worse than Daredevil so far. Uh, it is worse, but it, yeah, it's mine too. I mean, yeah. Um, so, um, it's great because this one he's like. I have to back up, basically. Like, I can't start at BVS. He's like, I've talked about Man of Steel. But to talk about Man of Steel, I have to talk about Zack Snyder. And so... He, <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. So it's a 40-minute video, so I've been trying to watch it. He talks about Zack Snyder, and he shows several quotes that made me laugh. And I was like, yeah, that's basically it. Where Zack Snyder mm-hmm. admitted he never read comic books, but he read Watchmen <laughs> and liked it because there's, quote sex and stuff and i'm like yeah that's about right and so <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so 
And so, like, <laughs> like he does an impression of him being like, man, I know you don't like comics, but there's sex in this book. <laughs> like, and I'm just like, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> and so he clearly doesn't like Batman and hates Superman way more. And just, and basically, in a, he, in his world, murdering's okay. And so he talks about Man of Steel a bit and about how he gets the character of Clark completely wrong, which I mm-hmm. 100% agree with. So he uses the example when Clark comes out of the ocean near the beginning and he's got no clothes on. And so he steals clothes from a clothesline. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know what would be more in character for Superman? He would never steal those clothes. But he would awkwardly knock on the door and say, I don't have any clothes. Can I please have these? And I'm like, yes, he fucking would. And that would be <laughs> an amazing scene. Like, he's like, how about a little character development for how he does the right thing no matter what? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. And then he talks about the scene at the bar where he destroys the dude's semi-truck. And he's like, Superman doesn't do shit like this. Like, this, this <laughs> vengeful, wrathful shit. This isn't Superman. And so he breaks down um, Man of Steel briefly talks about how awful lois is which is 100 percent true yeah. and mm-hmm. how awful paul kent is because he's like i'd rather die than you give up your secret or where paul kent tells him maybe those kids in the the bus needed to die and she's like mm-hmm. paul kent wouldn't say that like yeah so <laughs> then he goes to bvs and he first of all you know, he, uh, he does a lot of the things you're going to hear in a lot of other reviews for instance batman kills a bunch of people in this movie and Zack Snyder, instead of being like, you know what, my Batman kills people, deal with it. He's like, technically, Batman didn't kill anybody. If Batman blows up a car and someone's in the car, the car killed them. Oh my god, yeah. And yeah. so it's like, go fuck yourself, Zack Snyder. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and he has this shitting grin on his face the entire time. He's like, it's cause and effect, really. And it's like, ugh. And, um... He actually points out something that I agree with, which is that Jesse Eisenberg has gotten way too much shit for his performance of Lex Luthor because he's the only person with any energy in the entire movie. So <laughs> by all means, he's the best person in the movie just because of that. Uh, so, well, when you put it that way, I guess. <laughs> but again, the first thing I think about is the fucking cherry Jolly Rancher scene. Oh, God, don't get me started. And then... um. <laughs> I honestly, I know everybody keeps saying uh, he'd make a great Riddler, but I honestly think a lot of people just saw him with hair and thought, oh, he can't be Lex Luthor, he has hair. And so, like, at the end when they shaved his head, I was kind of like, fuck yes, let's do this, you know? Like, he looks sinister as hell. Maybe it would be a little hardened in jail or something, so. He also brings Mm -hmm. up the whole, like, Batman brands people so they go to jail and be killed. (laughs) And he's like, that's, you're still killing them. And then he talks about how in this world, Batman hates Superman because Superman kills people. But Superman hates Batman because Batman kills people. He's like, so they both they both hate the other person for killing people, but they both kill people. So there's like they really shouldn't have a conflict in the end, except they killed each other's people, I suppose. <laughs> and then. And it then, is one river across. Yeah. And then he basically is like, um, like, murder's okay in this world, basically. Like, he's fine with the murdering people. Murder's not the problem. Even though it says in the movie that's the problem. Oh, it's bad because he's killing people. It's not enforced by anything that happens in the movie. And then he basically points out all the dumb things, you know, like the fact that 
Batman not only has YouTube videos of all the other Justice League members, but he actually designed little handy little icons for them, apparently. A little lightning <laughs> bolt and a little thing for Aquaman and stuff, which is great. Because um, I guess he's branding already. Um, and then... Wait, I thought those are Lex Luthor's files. Or Lex Luthor, they sorry. Were, Lex yeah. Luthor did yeah. symbols. But yeah, he's, he's already doing the brands for them, so great. And then also he brought up, brought up the fact that Lex Luthor wants Batman and Superman to fight, but we never really know why. And it's never really explained why he wants them to fight. Except he probably just wants to see it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like it, it would have been simple. It would have been one line, line yeah, of dialogue where true. Lex is like, uh, "Batman is the only person dangerous enough to take out Superman." That's all you would have to say, you know. And it's just no, we just want to see him fight. It's like okay, it's a very Zack Snyder thing to say. Like I don't know, they're just fighting. Um, so, and then the aforementioned Wonder Woman shows up, and the whole like. You know, is she with you? I thought she was with you. And then it's like, no, she's with you, dumbass. You've been talking to her the entire movie. You sent her the files. Like, God. Like, <laughs> I, I thought you were going to go with where, like, she could have maybe, like, driven the spear through the heart since she was just taking every other punch from him just as much as Superman was. It, no. She could have she just done it and not died, and Superman could have not died either. <sighs> yeah. Anyways, that that's a whole other <laughs> thing. Um, but yeah, he basically just rips it to shreds, and he says it's not the worst comic book movie, but it's definitely his least favorite. Ooh, okay, yeah. So I mean, because the other one you can just have fun to to rag on it, but this that's what one he says. he's like, like I can laugh score. at Catwoman, like, but this is just people hitting people, and it's just <laughs> like, and then he talks about he says he says the rules for writing Batman are one, Batman doesn't use guns, two, Batman doesn't kill people. Three, Batman doesn't p- kill people with fucking guns. <laughs> like, and then he talks about the really cool action scene in the warehouse, which is really cool. And then at the end, he interrogates the last guy and then shoots him with a fucking gun. <laughs> like he's just like just running everything. So yeah, um, yeah, I know. I'm sure there's some Snyder Cut people out there who are really pissed at me and whatever. I don't, I don't really give a shit. So well, cause, like the, the thing is, like yeah, like if I'm actually gonna like chore up this, this movie. I, I really have to like almost plan it out because I don't want to sit through the theatrical run, even though it'll save me the 30 minutes. It's just that's such a garbage cut that it literally makes no sense narratively that for me to like the the movie goer in me, like the movie fan in me needs those extra 30 minutes because I just the plot has to make sense as as I get from point A to point B. But God damn mm-hmm. it, I have to sit for three hours for this shit to make sense. But it still doesn't make sense, is the problem. I mean, no, it but overall, right, for itself, for <laughs> on its own, <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, I mean, like, the 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 Jimmy Olsen scene theatri- on the theatrical run, it's there's no context whatsoever, at least yeah. in, like, those little extra minutes. You get why shit's going on there. It's like certain scenes just make a little more sense than the overall confusion and clusterfuck that it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He also points out the... And uh, what I hate most, too... Oh, well, I was going to say, what I hate most, too, is that you had a blueprint. Like, it's in the comics, you know, why Superman or Batman would fight several times. Yeah. You could use any one of those as a template, and you just chose to be a fuckhead. No, dude, just mind control. Just say mind control. That's all you need to do. <laughs> yeah. If you want them to fight. Yeah. He, also, he also talks yeah. about how the, the, the actual fight between Batman and Superman is shot. And how it's very clearly shot by somebody who likes Batman way more than Superman. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and you can kind of tell. I'm like, yeah, that's true. So, But yeah, it's a really good video. Check it out. Uh, Cosmonaut Marcus from the Cosmonaut Variety Hour. He's great. He's, he's just so cool. So Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, now, I know we've been missing last week tonight, but did anyone else notice the web exclusive? 
Oh, no. I didn't catch it though. I did. I did see it, but I didn't even fucking click it. He did a. Was it? He did a five minute episode about Pringles. <laughs> of course, he did because he because he bagged on Pringles, <laughs> and he uh-huh. said, "What does the Pringles guy look like from the waist down, or from the from the neck down?" Because you know you just see his face. And apparently he right. got inundated by a bunch of art <laughs> from people <laughs> about what the Pringles guy looks like. And then he says, but Pringles is yet to weigh in. So he says, if Pringles will confirm what the Pringles man looks like from the neck down, he'll donate $10,000 to feed America. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Can I just cool. say, I love that he just throws money around to charities. Yeah. To do stupid shit like this, it's so fucking. Well, I mean, funny. it's it's last week tonight. What's what what's the actual budget that they need to make the show, and what does HBO actually give them? Like, that's there's so much right. surplus that John Oliver's probably like, yeah, we need to fucking throw this money away. <laughs> but yeah, I love it. He has the money. He does it for a you know a charity, and he shames these people into doing things. Yes, which is so <laughs> good. Like, I love it. Like, he's the best. So check it out. It's pretty funny. Some of the art is great. One of them is the Pringles guy is actually a hermit crab that wears a Pringles can as its shell, which is pretty great. <laughs> nice. But, yeah. Uh, next thing is uh, this weekend we got NXT. Um, so NXT Takeover War Games, which every year is the NXT show where they have a double ring, so two rings side by side, surrounded by a giant cage, and they have four on four matches where they trickle people in, one from each team, and the match can't end until all eight people are in the ring, and then it's just chaos. And they're always really hyper violent. And the first one, the first match of the night was a women's four on four featuring the good guy team of Shotzi Blackheart, Io Shirai, uh, Rhea Ripley, and somebody else, Ember Moon, versus uh, the bad guy team of Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, uh, Candice LeRae and Tony Storm. And it was really good. It was um, super violent. And they ended up getting a bunch of weapons in there and stuff. And at one point, uh, Shotzi Blockhart did a um, did a senton off the top rope onto Candice, who had a chair on top of her. And Shotzi just hit her full on, just landed on her full weight. And we think she broke Candice's arm. In real life, so we'll see. Oh, we'll damn! An update about oh, that this shit. week, I'm sure. Yeah, but it was a really good match, and then it ended up with Raquel Gonzalez pinning Io Shirai, who is the champion. So that might set her up for a future title shot, which was really cool. Then we got three matches that weren't in, in the cage: um, Tommaso Ciampa versus Timothy Thatcher, which was a really cool kind of like basic grappling thing that turned into a brawl. Um, we got Dexter Loomis versus Cameron Grimes in a strap match where they're strapped together. And that was kind of a fun comedy match with some cool action. And then we got a triple threat North American title match, which was really good. It was Johnny Gargano, Damian Priest, and the new champion Leon Ruff was defending against both of them. The story is Leon Ruff is like a rookie, and he's really small. But uh, Johnny beat uh, Damian for the title by cheating. So he was going to defend against Leon as a joke because he's like, I'll defend against anybody. And it's like, here's a guy you can beat easily. Well, as he's wrestling him, uh, Damien came out and cost Johnny the match and gave Leon the title, basically. So it's this oh, guy nice. who's completely overmatched by both people in the ring with him. 
And that's the story, basically. And so Johnny wants to take out the weak guy. And meanwhile, Damien's like, hey, I'm not going to hit you. You know, just let me fight Johnny, you know, and all this stuff. So it was a really cool dynamic, and it was really good. And Johnny ended up winning the title back. So it was a really good match, though. Um, including, Including, at one point, the guy jumped off the top rope into a diamond cutter. Like, like he, di- he jumped off, caught the guy, and diamond cut at him. It was very pretty. So, and then we got the main event. It was a four on four men's war games match. And it was the Undisputed Era, which is Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong, and Adam Cole against the Kings of NXT, which are Oni Lorcan, Danny Birch, Pete Dunn, and former NFL punter. <laughs> Pat McAfee. <laughs> <laughs> Pat McAfee is a wrestler now. Crazy. And he's okay. really good at it. Apparently, he built a ring in his backyard because he has so much money, which he does. He has like seven jobs. But he built a ring in his backyard and hired someone to train him, and he's been training for like over a year. So he's actually really good at wrestling. <laughs> and um, it was very good. It was just good guys versus bad guys. Undisputed Era, the good guys. And it's such such a good thing to watch. And I think Undisputed Era might be getting called up to the main roster. It felt like a goodbye to them. And um, Pat McAfee climbed onto the top of the cage and did a swanton bomb off the top onto the whole group. So oh, that was insane. Yeah. Awesome. Um, uh, there were four table spots in this match. People were put through tables left and right. Uh, the end of the match came when... There was a guy down on the ground with a chair rested on the back of his head, and Kyle O'Reilly jumped off the side of the cage and did a knee drop onto the chair. It looked brutal. <laughs> so, hmm. so the Undisputed Era won. Overall, great show. I give it an A. It was amazing. I really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, NXT always delivers, though. So, uh, And then the only other thing I want to talk about, I watched a little bit of Shit's Creek. Uh, I, forgot, I didn't realize that it was six seasons, thought it was five. So now I'm on the final season of Shit's Creek, um, Ooh, cool. which is really cool. It's it's basically David and his boyfriend are getting married, and then the daughter Alexis is about to fly to the Galapagos Islands to study marine life with her boyfriend, and the parents have things going on too. So uh, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I think I like it more than Kim's Convenience. It's close. Nice. Um and then Liz decided she wanted to try Letterkenny. Uh, oh, I'm surprised you've never seen this. Have either of you ever watched Letterkenny? I've I, heard of it. I just haven't watched it just because I got to make choices in uh, what I watch with my time, you know? Yeah. Everybody who I LARP with watches it and loves it. And so I, I get the vibe of the show, but I haven't seen it. But we, I'm surprised you haven't seen it. We, um, yeah. I, I compared it to like 12 things while watching it. Uh-huh. Including, if Kevin Smith wrote a mo- movie about Hicks, uh, if King of the Hill was a live-action Canadian show, um, I had others. I can't remember off the top of my head. That's what I've seen. That what I've heard talk was was the the latter you said. The dialogue is insanity because it's there's a thing if you watch Coen Brothers movies that their dialogue has a rhythm to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really cool. It's like like it, it just goes flows really nicely, and you get caught up in the conversation because they go back and forth, and you know, rhythm, 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 right? Um, it's that's what this is, except it's just a tiny bit too fast for me. And part of it might be because they're super Canadian, 
So some <laughs> of the, some of their accents are really tough. So and they go back and forth and um the main character is this kind of dumb hick guy who's really strong and his whole thing is he's the strong he's the toughest guy in town. And he has a really hot sister and a loser friend and they hang out. And he's fine, but he actually is probably my least favorite part of the show for the most part. Um, there's these two hockey players that are, I think the sister's dating both of them. It's very weird. Uh, <laughs> and they're best friends. And their names are Riley and Jones, but Jones goes by Jonesy, so their names will rhyme. Um, so Riley and Jonesy. And they go in these amazing rants. And this is some of my favorite shit I've seen on TV in a long time, where they just build off each other. And it has to be like, it has to be improv. It can't, you can't script this shit. Mm-hmm. Or one will be like, like they're talking about working out, and one's like doing some curls, bro. And he's just like some, you know, working the traps, chief. And they just keep going back, and it's like the bit from Ocean's Eleven with the balloons, <laughs> except twenty minutes yeah. long. It's fucking hilarious. It is like, and they call each other Bud all the time. Um, they're great. There's also some uh, meth heads who love to rave, and then there's like a group of Christians. So there's like four groups in the town that uh, they really deal with. And it's it's pretty funny. Um, I mean, there's some things like there's a little Beavis and Butthead in it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. one episode, they want to start a Facebook for farts, where you can oh, share okay. your farts so your friends could hear your farts. And it's called Fart Book. And I'm <laughs> like, okay. Me and Liz actually ch- uh, skipped that episode as it started <laughs> because the song was named Fart Book, and they were immediately having a conversation about farts. And I was like. I don't want to watch this unless it's like, we'll skip it. So um, I just read the summary just to get over it. So yeah. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's pretty funny. They also introduced, cause it is in Canada. There is a, um, a res right nearby uh, of native Canadians. And there's like a rivalry there, sports rivalry and all this stuff. And uh, they end up in a big fight with them. And the leader of the res is this amazingly beautiful chick named Tannis. And I'm all for her. She scares the shit out of me. Like, it's great. Like, the, the meth head dudes rip her off of a bunch of money. And she's got her two little heavies with her. And then the guys, are, meth head guys are like, all right, that's fine. They take their shirts off and ready to fight. And she's like, what, do you think, what, I'm just going to beat your ass and then we're even? She, she basically is like, you're marked. Your entire town is marked. Your friends and family are marked. Letterkenny's gonna burn to the ground. It's like I'm running back, and she's fucking terrifying. Like I love her to death. So, um, yeah, it's I I I liked it. It's not something I'm gonna rush back to, but um, uh, probably after I finish Shit's Creek, I might go back to it. And it was only six episodes of the first season, so um, yeah, it, it it's kind of it, uh, King of the Hill is the best comparison, probably. That's what I'd say. But younger. Still not a bad comparison, though. I mean, King of Hill is pretty dope. Yeah, and they have these really funny long discussions where they know a lot about a random convers, random subject, and they go really in depth. So, like one of them talks about like accidentally, uh, someone did something and accidentally tore their their ball sack, and they're like, "Scrotal sack?" And they're like, "Yeah." And it's like, "Yeah, you actually see one of his testicles." He's like, "You know, I would actually be more worried about seeing." And they go through basically the entire anatomy of the the testicle sack, of everything in there they right. might that might be poking out, and how they'd be more terrified. And he's just like, "Yeah, that that contains the glucose that provides the energy for the sperm." And it's just like, "What?" <laughs> like, I'm like, "What the fuck am I watching?" Like, so it's just weird. But 
yeah, worth a watch. Uh, there's a couple of really great quotes, including the one like everybody says, uh, "Wish you weren't so awkward, bud," which he says to his best friend, like, "Wish you weren't so awkward, bud." <laughs> like, it's just funny, but yeah, yeah. Um, so Letterkenny, thumbs up ish. Yeah, not as good as Shit's Creek, not as good as Kim's Convenience, but I know those three shows are the ones that are always compared to each other. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to watch all three anyways. So, uh, but that's it for me. Cool, cool. What about you, Spider-Man? What you watch this week, brother? Nice. I uh, actually ran through a few things. Uh, so one that we, I, I, God, I can't believe I, I didn't even call it out, but shout out. <laughs> it's so funny that uh, Keith uh, named the show Remy, Remy Hangover, because this is definitely mm-hmm. one of them. I totally <laughs> forgot to give a huge uh, shout out and honorable mention to Brooklyn Nine-Nine for a best comedy show, because that one happened mm. at the very beginning of the year. Oh, and- Yeah. And it was a good season, but holy shit, again, like it's probably like my longest list of, of the Remy section. Um, but did I can't you, believe I, I forgot about them. Did you hear about the episode they filmed? Uh, yes. Like, it's like moving. Yeah. Wait, what? They filmed, a, they filmed an episode for the show at a police convention called Cop Con. And they filmed, <laughs> yeah. it, they filmed it at a hotel in California, I guess. And I guess they threw a party there while they were there, too. So, yeah. Not crazy. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited for for the next season. Uh, yeah, they've been promising and been saying certain things and so, social social uh, cues that they're, they're actually going to address. So, holy shit, it's gonna be a great season. Um, so yeah, that was that one because I, I fucking love this episode. That Sochi just loves to call out, and it's when Terry Crews is in denial about leaving because he's going to be stationed in um, Staten Island, so he'll probably be gone for forever. <laughs> Uh, but the whole time he's in denial about being in denial so that he won't have to be in denial about being in denial and won't have to be bummed out about the whole thing. And he's it's so fucking funny. I love the end uh, towards the end where Jake has not been around in the whole episode. And he's just like, Wait, OK, what's seriously going on now? And Rosa, who's been taking care of him, is like, nothing is pretty self-contained. Is it going to distract from our plan? No, it's pretty it's pretty self, uh, self-destructive. It's like, all right, cool. Let's move on. <laughs> Um, after that stuff that did uh, stuff that i've seen before and just watched this week um after the mandalorian because it was just so goddamn servicey and uh, i mean Boba fett was a shit i needed i don't know why just i I don't know why i just had an urge to watch the phantom menace so i threw it on and i watched the phantom menace guys and it's Mm -hmm. it's it's the it's the fucking phantom menace and the, the, what sucks, what sucks is that the if movie, I'm just gonna the whole sit, movie, right? <laughs> yes, yes, obviously the whole movie. I got, I gotta get to the duel of the fates. I'm not gonna just sit for the fucking pod racing no, no, no. yippee. Movie. I was saying, you said what sucks, and I'm like the whole movie, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, I mean that, that's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah, the whole movie sucks. So if I'm gonna sit through it, and uh, and on Disney Plus, why the fuck isn't it the whole thing? It doesn't have. It didn't have the the. There's always a bigger fish line. Uh, when they're escaping under underwater, mm-hmm. only because I didn't want I didn't care for the line. I wanted to see like on my nice fucking huge TV. There's a shot where like the big fish like catches it. There's a shot of like the scale of it and how when he just takes like one chomp from it and then and then they make their their getaway. That part's not in the the, the Disney Plus version. That pissed me off because like well, really? now I'm enjoying it even less. Because yeah, <laughs> dude, I, I was literally waiting for it. I was like I was getting ready, I was getting up huh. and going back and forth. But I realized what was about to show. And I stop what I was doing just so I can catch it. And it literally just jumps over to which he doesn't even say there's always a bigger fish line. Mm-hmm. That's um, great. Lame, yeah, it wasn't <laughs> just like, God damn it. Like, so forever from now on, this solidified 
what I've always known, and if I'm ever going to watch episode one, I have to watch the true version, which is Star Wars Jedi Party, and go to YouTube and watch that shit because it's like the best version of, of Phantom Menace. God damn it, mm-hmm. do I love Jedi Party so much. It makes so, it makes <laughs> so many scenes like so much better, especially the C-3PO scenes. Um, you just have to watch it. It's great. Anyway, after that, uh, what else did I watch? Oh, um, no, I'm not going to bum it out just yet. Um, today, I don't know why I had, I had, I had this like edgelord, like just fucking like, like mood. So I threw mm-hmm. on The Crow and I watched The Crow because it's fucking awesome, guys. Oh, God yeah. damn it. I fucking love The Crow. Um, T-Dog, did you see as as it came out in the movies? Um, I did not, but I saw it like the ha- okay. So what happened is it came out in the theaters. I think when I was in high school, okay. um, so a bunch of people wanted to get together and go watch it. So we got together. I got too drunk and ended up like leaving the theaters. So I didn't actually get to watch it. Um, okay. So it was a missed opportunity, but I did. You know, the second it came out on home video, I had it on VHS. I've had it on DVD. I've had it on pretty much every. Uh, you know, medium that, you know, it, it can be on at this point. I fucking love this movie. And Dude, right. Yeah. Did you ever watch the, uh, okay. So on shutter, they have that uh, cursed films thing. Did you watch the one about the crow? Oh no, but I, I fucking want to now. It's, it's pretty dope. Like I can't remember the name of the actor, but the guy that has kind of the odd shaped head that was in the original um, Hills have eyes movies. Um, he was in weird science he always plays like a oh, yeah. you know the weird drifter or whatever. He was in that movie, and apparently, you know, in the comic they had a uh, a character that was like a, a cowboy, like skeleton or whatever. Um, yeah. So he played that character, and they had like the full. They shot all the scenes and everything, and you know everything was set to go. But the problem he shot his scenes, uh, and then they were going to come back and have uh, Brandon shoot the other scenes, you know, that were you know uh, against him basically. Uh, but then, sense, yeah. yeah, right, right. But then he passed. And they had to cut all of the scenes from the movie. So he actually oh, got there's yeah, so they have like, you know, footage of him like in the full regalia and like the full outfit or whatever. It was it would have been so dope. And they just had to cut it from the movie because, you know, Brandon unfortunately had died. Uh right. but yeah, if you get the chance to watch it, they have a whole episode about that, the making of uh of that movie. It's really, really dope. No shit. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna watch it because mm-hmm. I've been wanting to go back up to Shutter for other things I've discovered that are on there, like mm-hmm. Todd the Book of Pure Evil, one of my favorite shows. Uh, oh, yeah. but anyway. <laughs> It's so good, uh, but God damn it, that that makes more sense now. I can actually like almost like go to bed easier now knowing yeah. that because I mean the movie's amazing like on its own and it's such a dope accomplishment for it. Like like uh, like especially for like the times like holy yeah. shit like the, that's why I want to ask you if you watched it because it was just like to watch it then is something I would have loved to experience because like damn it just like the conversations afterwards to just have that comic book movie come to life because yeah the other side in the comic book it's the movie follows it pretty well it's like it does a good job of like doing the eric draven part of it all yeah but it's crow half and like the whole mysticism or the mythos that he literally like almost like blips out of reality as he's like tripping out over like being half dead there's Mm -hmm. so much great elements that that are in the comics that and honestly at the same time it it, it, the comic book makes makes a different kind of sense on its own than like the way it's portrayed in the movie. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Back and forth. Um, but if you read the comic at the same time, like the movie does such like little things to, because I've, I've always wondered why certain things just change from one scene to the next in the movies. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it, it was supposed to be those scenes. Like, in, cause he starts off like in, in, from his regular black on black in the boots. And then mm-hmm. he gets the, the trench coat from Tintin. Mm-hmm. And after a while you notice that he's kind of like, bandaged up in electrical tape to which it is yeah. part of the 
comics. In the comics, there's this really super dark moment where he's just like over, like super sad or, uh, over Shelly, and he literally start, gets a straight razor and just starts like cutting himself, and it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And but because it's kind of like still bleeding out but not dying, he just tapes himself up. And yeah. in the movie, like, going back to the movies, he just shows up already taped up, and it's not really because sh- he hasn't been shot up that many times yet. And right. it's, I've always wondered what happened and because uh, something had to happen to, for them to just like change wardrobes out of nowhere like that. Yeah. And thank you for answering that because it had to have been just in relative to those scenes. Yeah. They, uh, apparently there was a lot more uh, that was supposed to be in the movie and they kind of had to scramble at the end to try mm-hmm. to make it a full length feature because apparently only like half of it had been shot of what they intended to put in. So like yeah. that was a part of it. They had a lot more like uh, you know mysticism parts in there. Uh, the part with the you know the the skeleton cowboy was in there, and yeah, a whole bunch of stuff they just had to cut because that they actually made all the production for it was ready to shoot, but yeah. you know he he had passed before they had a chance to shoot it. So so yeah, as good as the movie was, it was it could have been even better had he not you know tragically yeah. been uh, been killed. But and honestly, I don't even hate the second one, the City of Angels with uh, I, Vincent Pettis. I didn't think it was that bad. Like yeah, it wasn't, you know, wasn't that bad. Yeah. Like yeah. after that, then you can start seeing like the straight to video, um, straight to mm-hmm. VHS like quality. But I, mm-hmm. I do like those first two. I appreciate the second one a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. So after that, so yeah, scratch that one, that one, that one. Um, something I didn't get to talk about last week uh, from uh, the many Sochi watches. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of, and it was kind of, you know, it made sense why I fucking felt really weird to uh, read uh, the, the Department of Truth number three. Uh-huh. Um, so anyway, on Netflix, there's this, um, basically a silent silent film silent like mini film animated movie it's called if anything happens i love you and i oh, won't go dude i saw that you saw that yeah dude, yeah dude that up. shit fucking broke me dude like uh, yeah dude right <laughs> yeah man um, especially as a parent i was just like oh fuck this movie you know mm-hmm. I, I know absolutely because i mean you get you get kind of like a vibe in the beginning with like the parents and it's like oh mm-hmm. shit okay cool I guess we're gonna get into that right and then once it just takes that fucking left turn and you're just like oh uh, man yeah it hits it, it hits fucking hard so i think yeah. that's why i was already preset on that one and then there's a, a great comic book called the department of trees uh the third issue mm-hmm. just came out and it it deals with a, a, something with the, on, a, on a similar subject and it was okay. just, dude, one of the one of the weirdest feelings i've had reading an issue in a long time like i had like actual con- like conflicting emotions reading like reading this issue mm-hmm. to which is, like, it just makes it just shows how powerful the issue was and it's honestly not makes sense because i was already kind of piggybacking off of like watching that one so right right it's very powerful it's, it's, it's very uh, in the end it's beautiful but just like in its own tragic way but yeah definitely worth the watch just because yeah it's just fucked up it's a very fucked up matter it was beautifully animated too like i love the style and just like like once I realized what was happening, I was like, oh shit, they're not going to do this. And then they did. And I was like, oh man. And just like, yeah, like I couldn't imagine being a parent and having to go through that. And then having to then try to make my marriage work afterward. Yeah. Like that's, that's fucking hell. So yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the, the ending was great with like, just like them coming back and check the room. It was, oh yeah. Was yeah very, it was definitely very, beautiful. If you're going to make me go through those emotions at the very least, <laughs> thank you for the ending. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Um, so, um, before I get to like the actual new, new stuff, um, I'll transition to that into with, uh, some of my, some of my YouTube watches, mm-hmm. uh, girlfriend reviews had the, should your boyfriend play new, the new demon souls on PS five? Um, it's, it's really good. Definitely check out girlfriend reviews. Great, great channel. Uh, and then to my other favorite dude, donkey, donkey video game, uh, to which Keith, you should, you should definitely watch his, um, 
video on Spider-Man 3. He does a great, great review. Oh. And to where he, he's, he's, he's highlighting the positives in his own donkey way. I highly, I fucking love that video. It's really good. Uh, but now he has been doing these series of videos because he got honest with his, with his fans and how the way he does his videos and how long it takes to make the, like his good essay ones to his funny ones uh, to his actual re- review ones. It takes a lot of time to be an actual YouTube uh, creator. Uh, yeah. To YouTube creator um, to tr- try to make some money off of this. So he promised that he's no longer doing his actual donkey stuff and is now going through off his new schedule, which is like uh, drama Mondays where he highlights <laughs> on all like, like, youtube and basically all the shitty people on youtube and just highlights on them there's a uh, minecraft tuesdays there's among us wednesdays it's donkey's literally just been taking a shit on fucking youtube and it's been like the funniest fucking thing ever uh so he's actually promising these like actual daily videos on these subjects but once you watch him he's just literally just taking a giant shit on everybody that he's just talking about like specifically the fucking uh, Logan and Jake Pauls. It, it's, God damn, it's so fucking good. Um, so yeah, definitely check out Dunky now. He's doing some interesting stuff, and I mean, I do hope he goes back to his old stuff, but he's just he's actually just been rocking it. And it's also good to see him. I fucking love watching, actually watching him, and and fucking oh shit, he did not drop. Anyway, I love watching him, and I just fucking love the way he talks. He just kind of has such a dope voice. Um, so now. For my new new stuff, I'll give T Docs a chance to come back in a second. Yeah. Um, Attack on Titan came back, the fourth and last final season. And honestly, I'm at a loss of words. I really fucking wish Liz was here to to <laughs> explain some stuff without over overly spoiling everything else. Yeah, good luck with that. I <laughs> I realized what I was getting myself into as I was saying it, as I was like inviting her to this conversation. Um. Yeah, I'm at also words because it makes no fucking sense. I have to, I, I have to go back and watch the season finale of the last season, even though I know there's no bridge to um, all the events that happened in the first season. Right now, it's obviously telling a much, much different story. There's like just two characters that you recognize, but in much different context from where we last left off. I am very, very fucking confused. Uh, <laughs> Like, like 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 Liz like like what she just what she said where it's like yep at this point it starts becoming a sci-fi show. There were no sci-fi elements in this episode to which now I'm even more confused. And like what I got was basically a period piece like a steampunk civil war is happening like not necessarily sci-fi. And so yeah I'm just I'm so confused. I I mean the characters that we were introduced to I have. I kind of do care about them. I mean, it, it worked, even though I'm kind of like I went through this nothing but war and and just bloodshed and sacrifices being done for the last three seasons from this whole different group. So sure, I'll jump into these new characters, these new kids. Sure, uh, but yeah, I just I don't. I just I'm very confused, and I've been confused where Liz how Liz says that the the manga is still going, or at least at the very least wrapping up. So. What do they know that we don't yet? Are the, the what insight do they, do they know to be able to wrap it up in one last season where they, it, at the very least, it could have gone to maybe season f- five seasons, um, and actually taking their time to to explain it. Like I right at this point, I really hope it is. It's not really like a um, a One Punch Man season two scenario where I really enjoy it, but everybody else who's actually an actual fan and reads it 
has been saying that no it's complete garbage because they left out so much great elements so mm-hmm. I, I really hope for, for a final season we don't get a bunch of stuff left out to where it's just like it's not as good because it could have been yeah better yeah so um is there an update on t-dog i'm about to go into my That's final good. final thing okay cool uh, Amazon Prime delivered one of the best movies of DMA of the year. So it was really good. I wish I would. I wish I would have done this for the Remy's, and I wish it would have came out on time at least. Um, the Sound of Metal. Oh shit, that sucks. Um, not the movie. Um, T Dog yeah. just gave us an update. Yeah. Um, anyway, The Sound of Metal with uh, Riz Ahmed is really fucking good. Um, if you haven't so seen the previews excited. right now. Yeah, dude, I won't spoil, I won't spoil it because it, it's just like it's definitely worth the watch. Like, like I definitely want to see it again, um, especially under different in a different context, or different conditions. I'll, I'll elaborate in a second, um, but it's really good. If you haven't seen the trailers to listeners, it's about a metal musician, a metal drummer who starts losing his hearing at a very rapid pace, mm-hmm. and now he has to overcome that. Um. It's very powerful. I mean, I I was ex- I was expecting more like music. Or I was honestly I, I was jumping in because it's like holy shit, Riz Ahmed doing metal. Um, right. It's not a lot of that, and, and, and honestly, that's fine. Like, it's not really a, what the movie was about. There's just like so much else that needed to be said, and it's like God, it's like it's and it's like I'm almost just saying that it's just kind of kind of, kind of funny. Um, but it's God damn it, the way he deals with it, the way he just like I, the way he just plays this role. It's like God, I don't want to go too much, but anyway um there are just very powerful scenes where um he was or no he was an addict um they like i guess a part of the story is that him and his girlfriend that's how that's kind of how they met from after being after after through rehab and they kind of found each other um so having this traumatic experience that come on to him was kind of almost like oh shit he's gonna slip up again and honestly, one of the best things about the movie is that it's not exactly that movie about a struggling addict where now this traumatic experience and now he might go back into drugs and he might overcome that. Like, no, one of the best things about this movie is that it's almost like this person did deal with this stuff. And at this point where that was an option and they almost allude to where he could, it's almost like this was just something just else more powerful that that happened to him that going back to that would be literally taking his own steps back. And now he has to deal with like a whole new life and just, shit. Like, it's just like, he, he, he does it really good. Like there's this one scene where he, where he finally, when he goes into um, uh, a community uh, of deaf people and just how they live and like where he still doesn't know how to speak, how to, how to speak in sign. There's like a, a great shot of like everybody conversing. And it, and I really like how like the sound kind of cuts in and out of like his, deaf hearing and he it's just like kind of mumbled to just hearing like the like plates clacking from like eating it's like it's just a giant breakfast scene and everybody's just signing to each other and there's like a like some few ongs and just like, like to but just like how they how they kind of speak as like just for emphasis it just comes out as they're as they're talking but and it's like and at no point to actually show subtitles like they, you don't know what they're saying and it's not until the story progresses, right? And, and and he does learn how to how to sign. To which then it's almost like we we are getting it from his perspective, and we do get some subtitles when he's talking. And at that point, it just like it made me just like appreciate the scene from before so much more. Like even if like there's like nothing super important or like no super spoilers are being said at the moment, it's just like it just 
the representation there that like that scene is just specifically for people who do sign for people who are deaf like they can appreciate that without having to be like catered to the rest of the people because let's be honest like asl should have been a mandatory second language from fucking elementary school it should have been like like every other country like the like makes like their kids like know or learn foreign languages and we can't learn our own like asl for to to understand like the other part of like of of our own americans because like there's different languages for sign language so it just it just made me more mad obviously it's it's ultimately at this point 29 years it's 100 percent my fault that i don't know it either um (laughs) but it's just (laughs) so i i would i stand i still want to like again my fault so just because I want to come back to that scene and just be able to appreciate that one shot of just like everybody conversing, super happy with each other. And just like, like I don't know, just there's, again, like it, it, what, it's one of those scenes where like I knew that that scene wasn't for me and it just bothered me because then later on, like showing the subtitles where I, I, I would have actually liked it if like the whole movie, like almost like there's just like mostly for it was actually for deaf people and like there's certain dialogue that we were just like locked out of like on purpose. Um, but I did appreciate that. At the very least, we actually understand the movie, or at least like what's going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was like, and I, at this point, like, I, I, it's all coming back to me, like, what's going, what happens afterwards. But no, like, uh, I'll stop myself here because it's like, that's as much as I really want to elaborate. And like, it's definitely, definitely worth the watch. Check out The Sound of Metal. It's a great fucking movie. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime, uh, free if obviously if you have it. It's, it's just really fucking good. And it's Riz Ahmed. Nice. I'm really excited about it. Like, I saw that trailer and sent it over to you guys because I was like, Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal, yes. everything, everything I've ever wanted. So, uh, mm. T Dog, I think T Dog might be back. Or... Hey, can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can. Yes. Okay. All right. So, uh, I had a power outage in my house. Don't know what happened, but uh, it is back now. So, cool. Well, you're up. Nice. Cool, cool. Uh, so uh, as far as watching goes, I really only have two things to add. You know, this is my uh, show to pick of the week. Uh, and this week, it's going to be Lost Boys. Uh, Lost oh, Boys yeah. is one of my all-time favorite movies. It's finally on Shudder. I will watch Lost Boys in any streaming service that it's on just because that's like one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't think I have to explain too much about Lost Boys. I'm pretty sure everybody out there has seen it. If not, then uh, what are you doing listening to the show? We're obviously not friends. Uh <laughs> So then the other thing I watched this week uh, was a little show called Selena. Uh, so oh, buddy. How was for, it? Okay. So I'm going to break it down. So for those of you out there uh, in the listening land who may not know about uh, T-Dog, uh, I am Mexican. So being Mexican, there's two things that you always have in your house. One is a Selena record, and the other is a golden spoon hanging on your wall. Uh, I don't make the rules. <laughs> That's just what it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, anybody out there who's Mexican knows that I, everything I spoke now is one hundred percent the truth. Uh, so, I was I grew up listening to Selena. You know, my whole family. You know, loved it. She came out to Yuma one time when I was a kid, and yeah, greatest greatest day ever. Um, Selena is you know pretty much. Um, hmm, I'm trying to compare it to someone else in like the Mexican community where people understand. Um, there isn't a there isn't a white equivalent. Yeah, I'm trying to think maybe Oprah for like, you know, people of African American descent, maybe, maybe that uh, level. Uh, But anybody who's anybody who's Mexican loves Selena. Um, So we we had the movie with uh, J-Lo, which was great. Uh, So what they're doing here is I think it's about 10 episodes. Yeah, it's 10 episodes here and they're breaking up into two parts. So I'm assuming that the next 10 episodes will be the second part. So right now, part one is on Netflix. And 
I'm going to go through the good and bad. Um, you may have seen on social media, everybody hating on the actress that plays Selena. And I'm saying leave her alone. Like, you're not going to get somebody who's as fly as Selena was. Um, there's been some talk that, you know, she doesn't have a Selena booty, but nobody in the world could. Uh, that thing was impossible. Um, uh, so I'm going to speak up and defend mm-hmm. Christian Ceratos because she is absolutely 100% amazing and hot and oh yeah 100 100 i've been into her since twilight because <laughs> so, she was in twilight and she did a really great photo shoot for PETA, by the way you should check that out um okay but uh yeah no i love her to death and i think people are just they're not gonna be satisfied and yeah exactly exactly and you're, you're comparing this person um to the performance that j-lo gave which was what what broke her you know what i'm saying and even then people were hating j-lo because she wasn't selena so you're not going to be satisfied with the person playing it, if you're coming from that standpoint. Um, one thing I dig about the show is that w- if you watch the movie, Selena, you might think like, hey, that's all that happened to her. But this gets into everything, like every album they put out, you know, every song or single that they had, and not just the big hits. Like in the movie, you've got like, uh, you know, Como La Flor, and then, you know, I'll Fall in Love. And that's pretty much the only thing. But this song gets into everything. Uh, like, you know, one thing I like is that it actually gets into the whole family. So uh, for those of you who don't know, her brother A.B. Uh, did a lot of the writing and stuff for their for their band. And it kind of gets in like how he thought of or came up with the concept of, you know, a lot of the songs like, you know, uh, like Arracha or, or, you know, uh, Como La La Flor or, you know, just kind of like. Yeah. So it's actually really cool, like kind of getting behind the scenes as far as like, you know, how he came into, you know, like, oh, you know, I came, came up with this idea because they were talking about how they're touring. And none of them, you know, for those who don't know, they were a family band and that was their entire life from the time they were kids until they made it big. They were basically just touring musicians, uh, started out with them just touring as a whole family in the van. They eventually bought a beater bus and, you know, kind of just toured all the time. And uh, the brother AB was talking about how he was, uh, you know, a teenage kid. Uh, He was sad because, you know, he obviously couldn't get a girlfriend. He didn't have money for a car. And, you know, he saw this guy at a gas station uh, who is Mexican, just had this really beat up car. But like, you know, his chick still loved him or whatever. And that's where the, the concept from the song came from. And just kind of getting into, you know, their life on the road and a lot of the the other, you know, perspectives other than just, you know, what happened to Selena, um, which, you know, obviously that's what the show is going to center on. But also, you know, she had other people around her that made her successful, uh, you know, so, you know, the the drive of her father just kind of he was like a taskmaster and, you know, kind of how he treated his kids and, you know, everything about there. So the show I actually dig. Um, if you want to watch it, you know, it's going to get in depth. It's going to be uh, right now. They left off at the part where. Um, Selena, for those you don't know, uh, spoiler, uh, Selena falls in love with her guitar player. So it's at that's the point now. Yeah, that's where it ends. Where oh, okay, finally... cool. the next question. Okay, cool, cool. What's your question, brother? Oh, no, that's my question of uh, when was uh, Chris going to be introduced? And that, that's oh, yeah. what it goes into yeah. that. So they introduced Chris and the, the series though, or the part one or episode 10 ends with, you know, it coming to light that they're in a relationship and him being kicked out of the band. And apparently <laughs> it was pretty cold. Like in the movie, if you remember, um, you know, it was just basically an argument and, you know, uh, energy was almost like you're out of the band and at a hotel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but in the show, the way it happened was they were on the bus and he literally pulled the bus over, got his shit and threw it out and left him stranded at a, uh, like a gas station. Yep, that was history. <laughs> yep, and then pulled away, and I'm like, "Oh shit!" Uh, also, like, if you're Mexican, they actually have Johnny Canales in the show. Um, if you're, you know, of Mexican descent like I am, uh, yeah. Johnny Canales was a, uh, you know, a pretty famous uh, Mexican. Like, uh, he was basically our Johnny Carson, if that makes any sense. 
And, <laughs> and so they had the guy playing and he uses all of his catchphrase. He's like, ah, you know, you got it. Like, you know, that was Johnny Canales' catchphrase. You're like everybody he'd introduce, like he'd be like, all right, well, take it away, Selena, Los Dinos, you got it. Or, you know, uh, so I, I was happy they got him in there and just, you know, it takes me back to like watching his show with my thought that when, when, when I was a kid, you know, cause that's how long he'd been doing it. Uh, what else? Uh, just they got into everything, man. They got into like their shows and, you know, just how, <laughs> how they had to like, you know, work from being like a backyard band and working quinceaneras and weddings and to being, you know, working on, uh, the, uh, basically the, the migrant worker, uh, train basically. So just going anywhere that had migrant workers, they kind of, you know, could perform for people. Uh, just really great show, man. I actually don't get all the hate it's getting, if that makes sense. And I think it's just people not happy about them not getting their version of Selena that they have in their head. But the actress is fine. I think she cap- captures, you know, the personality of Selena great. Um, she's not going to look like her because nobody ever will. Um, right. But I mean, if she look, she at least bears resemblance. So I, I don't know if that's good enough for people. <laughs> I think I saw like a post where it was like um, comparison shots of obviously the original Selena and, and to the actress of, yeah, yeah. Her, of her wardrobe being pretty accurate to like all her, her all her crazy wardrobes. Yeah, yeah. And one thing I like too is like the soundtrack. Aside from her music, you know, Selena was into a whole bunch of other stuff. So there's scenes where she's listening to like, you know, more than words, or she's listening to, uh, you know, Evelyn Champagne King and just like a whole bunch of other like music that, you know, you wouldn't associate with Tejano music just because that's not all she was. Um, yeah, but it it was, it was a great, it's actually a really good show. I watched it, you know. Yeah, yeah if you appreciate like that the like they're keeping the wardrobe legit, not so much like oh it's not really what I want. It's like what what else do you want? Like they're actually doing yeah. a pretty good job. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it's pretty. I don't know a lot about the lore of Selena other than just like you know the big notes or whatever. But I, I like the fact that it got into her her family and just kind of like you know the struggles they go through to go from where they're at to where they're at in this point of the show. Um, and they introduce the bitch that killed Selena now. Ooh. She gets no name. Um, she'll ever just be forever be the bitch who killed Selena. And yeah. so they introduce the actress where, you know, at the end of the last episode, um, you know, the father hands the the drummer daughter, um, Suzette, who's actually one of the executive producers, which I find kind of cool. Um, oh, so the show? Cool. Yeah, yeah. So Suzette Quintanilla is one of the, uh, you know, the executive producers, which I think is awesome. Um so it gets to the part where this, they, you know, she's finally getting famous and she has all this, you know, stuff that's going, letters are going to the, uh, you know, the, the record label. And it just, it was just funny just seeing like stuff like that, you know, uh, that obviously no longer applies to today's world. Cause there was a part where they went to like tower records and huh. uh, they went to like the, the Latin section and all of the Selena section was sold out or whatever. And so I was like, ah, oh, man, that's, that's cool. Like you don't get that anymore. <laughs> They even uh, brought up like, remember the the Columbia deal back in the day where you would pay a penny and you got like twelve CDs or whatever. Yeah, the the CD club thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it has an actual scene where she's talking about like their plan on how to like you know to promote the numbers. Like, all right, this is what we do. We we get uh, everybody we know gets a description there, pays that penny, and all twelve CDs or my CD or the Selena y los Dino CD, and then that'll bump our numbers up. And just kind of thinking like you know ways to <laughs> you know to promote the album. I'm just like, man. How great would it be to get 12 CDs for a penny nowadays? Right. Um, but yeah, man, it was great. I, I dug it, you know. Uh, it's not as good as, I guess, you know, the greatest show of all time. But I mean, given the subject matter, I think they're treating it with respect. I think they're doing it well. Uh, I definitely recommend watching Osway if you're going to watch it just because, you know, Selena, how can you go wrong? 
Oh no, I'm definitely gonna be able. I'm definitely gonna catch it. It just sounds like an extensive version of the first half of the movies, and just with more accurate representation. So fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly what it is. I mean, they even get to the part where uh, apparently, and I ho- I really hope this is true, but the, there is a part where they are doing a show somewhere in Texas, obviously, and a fight breaks out in the crowd. And so the band's like trying to like walk, you know, gets off the stage and they're trying to like, you know, make their way through the crowd to leave or whatever. And some dude grabs Celine and she decks him and knocks him out or whatever. So uh, yeah, she's a tough bitch, dude. She was awesome. That's what I'm saying, dude. And I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, dude. Like if I if I couldn't love Celine anymore, then that just did it. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Nice. But uh, but yeah, man, I, I recommend it. if you guys want to watch it, it's on there now. Uh, it's only the first ten episodes. I don't know when the next ten are coming out or if it's even going to be ten because. At this point, you know, I, I don't know how much more they have to tell after that point. Watch Netflix. Actually, Netflix it up and canceled this one. And in this context, we never <laughs> I know, right? But uh, but yeah, man, that's that's going to do it for me this week. Uh, what about you guys? Anything else you think we should add or any other, uh, you know? Oh, damn. No shutter pick this time? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. My shutter pick was uh, Lost Boys. Oh, that's right. The Lost Boys. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have two things to add. Go for it. Uh, first of all, um, there's a YouTube video mm-hmm. that takes the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, mm-hmm. and every time after the, do you remember the scene where Frodo and Sam are walking through the field and Sam stops and he's like, right here, he's like, if I take one more step, from home. That was, yeah, uh, so dramatic. Um, someone made a supercut of the first film where. Every single step Sam takes away from the Shire, they replay that scene. Oh my god, <laughs> shut up. It's, it's nine and a half hours long. Oh my god. That's god damn. The scene in Moria where they're running away from the from the demons and the goblin. <laughs> every step. <laughs> and it's like, what's the matter, Sam? He's like, if I take one more step. It's me and Liz were dying laughing watching it. Like it was so funny. Uh, so I highly recommend that for a good laugh. Um, it also happens right in the middle of the, uh, the founding of the fellowship because, you know, the hobbits pop out of, <laughs> pop out of the bushes. So it's fantastic. Um, I, I can't recommend it enough. And the other thing I want to mention is I don't talk about it enough, but I'm a really, really big soccer fan. Mm-hmm. And, um, my boys, the Seattle Sounders have made it to the, uh, MLS cup, the, the, the finals, the championship, and it's going to be nice. Saturday against Columbus. Nice. And so uh, I'm very excited. You'll be getting a report next week, I assure you. Uh, but I wanted to go ahead and give them a quick shout out because I do not talk about soccer ever. And I really should because I love it. It's the first thing we did when we went to Seattle was to go to a Sounders game. So um, that's cool. And against your boys, by the way, Josue, the Timbers, oh, Timbers? who I nice. hate. <laughs> <laughs> they are really good. They're our rivals. So, like, yeah. But, um, and the last thing about I wanted to mention really quick is. Um, Crozen is uh, not on here with us, but the Cowboys got their butts handed to them by the Ravens tonight, and I mm. very rarely get to just get to celebrate a Cowboys loss on the same day. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Word, word. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for coming up with us on this journey here and for listening to the greatest podcast that's ever existed. Uh, if you'd like to check us out, check out our website, geekhypernetwork.com. Where you can check out all of our information, follow us, stalk us, uh, you know, send us uh, information about you. We want to know what you're doing. Uh, you can check us out at uh, GN Podcast on every single social media outlet that there is. And, you know, we love you guys. Thank you again for, for listening and for being here with us and uh, making uh, this time worthwhile. Uh, be good to yourself. Be good to each other. And remember, don't do nothing. 
do something. This has been a Geek Network production.